to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, TNA has its rebirth. We have the NJPW Battle in the Valley pay-per-view. Hook gets a title shot. Jinder Mahal gets a title shot. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Are you trying to insinuate everybody was getting a title shot? No, not at all. We had a philosophical discussion about this last week. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Sad Dude Tito. And sitting <laughs> directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Elevate it. Elevate me to the squad. Oh, we're so elevated. God damn, I'm high. On that lovely note, I'll ask for congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 343, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart say it, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Good week of wrestling. Good to be back with you, fellas. Love the beefers, but unfortunately, it's time to get back to the weekly grind that we call 2024 to see who's going to win beefers for 2024. So good to be back and good to have some wrestling to talk about. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have beer for Western House. Uh, it does not feel like the Pacific Northwest. I have not left my house since Friday. It's been snowy and icy, and I'm going to get out tomorrow, I think. But, um, yeah, that is fine with me. I'm an introvert who loves canceling plans. Yes. <laughs> it's been cold as fuck here, too. So we are coming at you from beautiful South City, St. Louis. It's, uh, it's a balmy, what, 30-something degrees? It's been pretty nice out the last couple of days, honestly. Yes. Uh, I came out to Jason's house tonight. Uh, it was a bit of a planning thing that we were trying it was gonna be really fucking cold i said i'll come on out turns out we're we're gonna do it early now we're doing it the regular time anyway i came in i walked in on jason cheating on me i walked in on jason cheating on zach i walked in on jason cheating on all of you uh recording the phoenix splash podcast with his co-host brett jagger uh i got to sit in and watch the last 15 minutes it was quite a bit of fun i don't think that jason does enough self-promotion about the phoenix splash podcast you have another whole podcast here with people that only want to listen to us talk about wrestling we might as well talk about your other uh wrestling show because we don't do it that often so tell the people about it jesus christ that's what Just i say real you, quick you act like i i don't be grandi grandiose enough uh, long story short phoenix Splash podcast is um all about the Perezu and joshi promotions new japan all japan noah stardom tjpw those promotions brett and i uh, decided a year ago we were going to talk about it we were just saying that we this has been a full year since we've done the uh the very first episode so this is 19 in the books uh very different from bfr in the sense of what we talk about and when we meet obviously bfr is weekly psp is whenever we can make time to get together and talk for a couple hours so totally different on both scenarios both fun but this is obviously bfr the more established psp feels still like it's in its infancy it's still it's getting its legs together it's starting to walk a little bit basically i'll say this if you listen to the band from ringside 
and you ever think to yourself, uh, I just think these guys are a bunch of casuals, actually. Are there any real hardcore wrestling fans out there for us? Uh, then the Phoenix Splash podcast is for you. Those guys go deep. And you know what? It was nice meeting Brett. And I think I think somebody's getting added to the shout-outs at the end of the show. <laughs> I think it's time to welcome Brett into the fold. Uh, but we got nice. a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. So without further ado, let's get to that three count. JCB, kick it off. Uh, I guess we can do things chronologically. Thank you very much. I'm going to pull up the Battle in the Valley card so we can talk about that first. I thought this was a a pretty good show off the top. Um, Just the main event itself, Okada versus Osprey in the main event. I thought this was another epic episode, chapter, whatever word you want to use in the sense of Okada versus Osprey. Um, I almost felt like Will Ospreay was going to win this bad boy for a little bit, but it was uh, not meant to be. I love the fact that Ospreay was pulling out all the stops, you know, pulling out the Styles Clash, any and everything that you can possibly think of to try to get the one last win over uh, Okada before he walks out the door. The fact that he that Ospreay is being very open about, you know, him leaving and how much it means to him just added a little more gravitas to the match. I didn't know how uh, I won't say lopsided, but I guess the advantage was in Okada's uh, favor until they showed the opening vignettes with every time that Osprey won and Okada won. And, I, you know, it was a nice little walk down memory lane. And like I said before, uh, last week, two weeks ago, Osprey going to AEW makes me jealous because AEW is getting ready to have some amazing matches in 2024 once he comes over. But first things first, he's finishing his New Japan contract, and this was another amazing match on the, the way to another probably epic march for 2024 two beers zach what did you think about osprey okada oh man i thought it was excellent um it was in front of a few thousand people in california and i sold it it out worthy yeah uh, i think it was worthy of a tokyo dome main event though i mean this was a fantastic match um i mean these brothers could have gone out there and just you know did a match right and the American fans would have eaten it up. Mm-hmm. They would have got to see Osprey versus Okada. And these motherfuckers went out and brought it. And um, it was great. Um, really, really kind of cool uh, post-match and post-show um, comments from Will Osprey. And uh, you could tell that, you know, Okada, their rivalry and also their um, relationship has meant a lot to him. And uh, they have great in-ring chemistry and i mean they're just they're the two they're it's probably the best guy going right now wrestling the best wrestler of our generation uh great uh so i gotta ask you zach and then jason this will give you a second to answer this question uh was it better than okada danielson at wrestle kingdom Ooh, that's tough um it's, I, it's tough so, because you know what you want to say the answer is, but you don't want to say that the answer is Osprey Okada. <laughs> it's different. It was definitely different. Um, you know, I mean, they're they're both equal, like, or they're both you know, they're both top tier wrestling matches. Two of the best matches that we'll see all year, and the year is not even three weeks in. Um, I don't know. Uh, That's just the they're, way they're it is. <laughs> it's tough. Um, if I have to 
if I had to say one over the other, I'd probably say the Danielson match because I still think the 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 Wrestle Kingdom match from last year with Osprey and Okada was better than this one. So, Jason, same question. Um, I gave this match uh, Okada Osprey five stars. So I, I know I didn't give. Danielson, nope. Um, Osprey five stars. So I think we just kind of that's a straightforward. That's a very logical answer. I mean, didn't let your heart get in the way. No, you got stats in front of you. <laughs> I know. I just watched it. I was like, God damn that. I mean, it was it was an amazing fucking match. Just for me, the the history between the two just made it a little it elevated it a little more. The the in ring shit, you know what you're gonna get. You know what I'm saying? To me, what made it for me a five star match was the fact that you had Will Ospreay on the way out the door but still just bringing it like he was still like he was still an, uh, a New Japan contracted star so in that scenario it was good to see that it, we got a, a real legit match versus like what three beer was saying you ain't just mailing the shit in well these guys have more of a history together too I like this match better um, I've watched them both twice Bo came over to watch the uh the Rams game Sunday night and I was like oh you should check this match out and then mm-hmm. I played that during halftime so I got to watch it twice and the second time man that Spanish fly off of the Rainmaker off of the Rainmaker <laughs> is suck my dick is fucking nuts <laughs> suck my dick Just I went bust that out in the this? middle of the match it was it wasn't like no it, man it was fucking badass um I yeah, you texted. You said something about the announcers not putting it over that much. Uh, and granted, I know they've done the spot before, but I watched the Japanese feed because that's what, what's on um, New Japan World. There's no English commentary, and uh, those those dudes, I couldn't tell what they were saying, but they were hype. Oh yeah, I'm sure they were losing their goddamn minds. <laughs> uh, very cool match with a uh, a good finish. Um, it was decisive, and. Uh, Another in a long line. I don't know if this is my favorite match between them. I think the uh, G1 final is probably my favorite match of their two. But this, to me, this is this is better than any match that was on Wrestle Kingdom. I can't necessarily say I, I totally disagree. This was, like I said... Uh, not, Re- not far and away. No, but, but it, it, it's... If it was on Wrestle Kingdom, it would have been, been the best the match. match. Yeah, okay. Fair, totally fair enough. Let's go ass backwards. Um, Moxley versus Shingo in a no DQ match. If if the, you didn't have this main event match, this was probably the match of the night as far as I was concerned. I wasn't even worried about, you know, could Shingo you know, match Moxley's physicality. Obviously he can. It was just what kind of crazy shit were these two jokers getting ready to do. And they damn sure did, did, didn't disappoint. And no wonder this motherfucker sold out. Those are two huge, huge matches yeah, at the top say, of the card. Either one could have been a main event and yeah. you wouldn't have blinked an eye. Nah. Um, Shingo getting busted open first obviously was the, the funny part about this match to begin with. And I wouldn't even consider it funny. It's just, you know, if you had to put money on who's getting busted open first, you would obviously go Moxley. From that point, it was just, you know, two guys just beating the dog shit out of each other. Moxley 
ultimately wins the match and then goes out to challenges uh Naito for the IWGP Championship post-match. We could talk about that here in a little bit, but I thought this was a, a really good match. Dare I say, like I said, if it wasn't for the main event, it was the best match. Of the, it would have been the best match of the night. Moxley being Moxley, Shingo being Shingo, and the fact that you didn't have any rules just made this one. It's one of the must-see matches of this card, those two top ones for sure. Two beers, Zach. Oh, fantastic. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about it... Um were like the the headbutts, like the real deal headbutts. Mm. I just, you know, it's like, man, you guys can do all this crazy stuff, and you just don't got to do that. I mean, you, you can't tell John Moxley or Shingo Takagi anything, uh, just except thank you. But uh, you know, that was a phenomenal match. I it was funny because they did like this death match or you know, kind of hardcore style, which Moxley tends to do in some of these American. Um, New Japan shows, I really wanted to see them just wrestle, even though I knew that there was going to be this kind of match. Uh, it kind of makes me want uh, just a pure wrestling match from the two of them. But it seems like Moxley has, I know, right? It seems like Moxley has his sights set on another LIJ. Put uh, that shit on, motherfucker. And uh, that's in Chicago, so that's announced. And they've actually already sold out Chicago. Uh, they only had half the building set up. Slow down, so man. They they, they, we, 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 we open that up more seats, dog. It's just, just chill. Yeah. <laughs> they had, like, so how many tickets did they sell? It was shit. It was, a couple thousand. Yeah, I was going to say it was, like it was at least Yeah, I was going to say it was at least 3,000. Yeah, 3,500. And I think it's seats 7,000. So that they, is have a, to, they have said that. The setup. Sorry, they have said that's a non-title match, right? No. No, they just can't announce it for the title because they uh, he has defenses before that. Oh, so nice, they're gonna nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you know how this is going to work. That, I'm just Americanized, man. Like they, they don't do that shit in WWE. No, you know how this shit's going to work, man. Give me a break. You, you, I'm not saying ain't no motherfucking way you're going to have this match happen and not have it for the title. Give me a break. Uh, How many times is Roman going to defend the title between now and then? This is in Once, March. Now in April? No, yeah. no, no. I thought this was in March. Oh, he's defending it. Yeah, he's def- Oh, it's in March. This uh, Naido. Uh, he's only going to defend it one time. No, no f- it's the middle of. It's the middle. It's actually after Mania, so he'll only defend it twice. twice. It'll be Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you you are right. Okay, my bad. Um. Going ass backwards uh, again. Well, just about Shingo Mox. Like oh, I, I, had the exa- I had the exact same thought that Zach did, which is, man, I'd really like to just watch these guys wrestle. And then I thought to myself, "You spoiled little fucking brat." <laughs> 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 like all this fucking wrestling you get to watch. You're watching. I mean, because the match was really fun. I mean, but it it is, it is my criticism of it. Like, I mean, I am wow. a spoiled little wrestling baby right now. Okay, at least you are. With all it. the wrestling I get to watch. Okay. Just a spoiled little baby. But, I mean, a spoiled little baby I am. Okay. Wham, motherfucker, wham. I, say, I, I, I really enjoyed the match. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Another match I enjoyed, didn't like to finish, was for the Continental uh, Crown title, I guess is what they're calling it. Uh, Eddie Kingston, the retaining champion, versus Gabriel Kidd. Um, big fan of Gabriel Kidd. I'll just speak for myself. I'm not saying he's a generational talent like he likes to claim, but I would definitely uh, check the box, box off. That is the Madman box. Madman box. 
box checked. This motherfucker is on a whole different level of just crazy, whether it's kayfabe style or not. Um, somebody said that he could, he should be the uh, the leader of the Bullet Club. I didn't necessarily have a problem with that. His his charisma is more. He, I would want to hear him talk more so than I would want to see David Finley talk. I, I gotta be honest. I think I said that back in August. You might, something. you might have, and I'm not saying that you uh, you didn't say that. I just saw this recently, and then you know, seeing this match. Which ends up being a double count out. Uh, neither guy can get back into the ring before the 20 count they're fighting on the outside, which neither here nor there. For me, it gives Eddie another title of defense. Obviously, it's not a retaining title of defense, but he he defends the title here. But for me, it's more so about Gabe Kidd than anything else. They're positioning him, at least New Japan, it feels like positioning him in a spot where he's on his way up the card whether it's him and Alex Coughlin, in this case, Coughlin uh, teamed up with Clark Connors in the tag match, or it's just him by himself. Gabe Kidd has had some high-profile matches at the end of 23, Will Ospreay, and now the opening of 24 with Eddie Kingston. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, Gabe Kidd is going to be one to watch for in 2024. Zach, what'd you think of it? Oh, man, you know a match is hype as fuck when it ends in a double countout and nobody cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, where's the like, next motherfucking basketball? Shit, bring that shit on. Yeah, it was awesome. It's like, called the Gay Kid. That's what him and Kiyomiya did, too. Yeah, like, it's like a brawl, starting brawling outside. Like, he's got, like, this formula. He's really kind of, like, found a niche in New Japan and... um yeah, I mean, hit, hard-hitting style. It's uh, a lot of brawling uh, outside. But, uh, man, it, it's it's real good. I, I always enjoy his matches. Yeah, and he was the one in the G1 that attacked his opponent every time while they were coming down the ramp. It's like, they should just start having him come out first. But, you know. Uh, God forbid, you know, you look behind <laughs> you, look around while you coming down in the ring. I mean, what the fuck? It looks like they're going right back to this at Windy City Riot, though. Uh, looks like there's a rematch, so Shit, yeah. that would be cool if Gabe Kid goes over there. That'd be fucking really cool. I would, look, I would be surprised, but I would be pleasantly you surprised. You have this everyman character, Eddie Kingston, and he just never loses? That's not the everyman. He's dominant at this point. Okay, completely fair. I'll just say this, and I, and I said this kind of like a few weeks ago especially post Eddie Kingston winning the Continental uh, Crown title. This still feels like a mid-card title. No disrespect to Gabe Kidd. I think Gabe Kidd is on the ascend, on the rise. I expect big and bad, you know, great things from him, singles, tag, whatever the case may be. Just the quality of Eddie Kingston's opponents doesn't make it feel like all the hubbub leading up to this point him beating Moxley, him I completely beating Anderson. The Ring of Honor heavyweight title is in there. Right. I mean, the Ring of Honor heavyweight title ever, I mean, that's a big title. It, it almost feels like it. That's not a mid-card title. No. And that now this is you have three titles that don't feel like a, a true world heavyweight title. find them all down. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah you dummy them down. Maybe, same not kind. The, maybe not the never open weight. No, well, no, it's not the never open weight. It's the New Japan Strong, but the, uh, the, I, that one probably needed to be you know what I mean. fused into some shit Whatever. at some point. Um, 
TMDK and this. Tom Kingston. <laughs> TMDK versus um, Riddle and mystery opponent. In this case, TMDK being Bad Dude Tito and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Matt Riddle and one Jeff Cobb. Did not know that Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobb were a former tag team in PWG, I believe, called the Chosen Ones. So the once, Chosen I mean, Bros. The Chosen Bros. I'm sorry. So once hearing that, I was like, "Oh, okay, we got a little shit going on over here." And they acted, they wrestled like a, a tag team. It usually wrestles in this scenario. Um, it didn't feel like they missed a beat. I do like the fact that you had a big, strong Jeff Cobb and then the, the multi-faceted uh, Matt Riddle. I forget how good Matt Riddle can be minus the the bullshit, you know, shtick of, you know, the, the bro coming from WWE. If you just let Matt Riddle just be Matt Riddle, you know, I can get in behind that. It's not a knock against his stick in WWE. Um, some people liked it. Some people loved it. For me, it wasn't very good until Randy Orton came along, and now you had somebody you can play that off of, neither here nor there. Uh, I thought this was a really good match. Love to see bad dude Tito in situations like this, especially when you got all this talent around. So maybe, hopefully, somebody will be smart enough to sign him. But this is a good match. Um, Matt Riddle and um, Jeff Cobb go over. No problem with that. You keep middle Riddle strong for Tanahashi down the line. Jeff Cobb, I think, should be somebody that not named David Finley that should be global heavyweight champion. That's just me. But we'll see how that unfolds. Nothing hurts with TMDK, especially with ZSJ. He didn't take the L. It's bad dude, bad dude Tito took the L on that one. So in this scenario, to me, it's wins across the board, especially with the fact that you have um, Matt Riddle being probably one of the biggest winners of the bunch. He comes out. He gets a little love. You put him next to Jeff Cobb, yada, yada, yada. Go ahead, Three Bear. Um, sorry to have a brief uh, digression here, but we have breaking news, fellas. Breaking news. This news is so breaking, it actually comes from the future because it's dated January 19th because it's coming from Japan. Um, but this is a official from the official website of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Kazuchika Okada will be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling after the conclusion of his contract on January 31st, 2024. He's going to work the dates in Osaka and Sapporo in February, but after that, they're changing all the cards. So, that's huge. Damn. So, Okada's gone. He's going. Um, so, I mean, it's AEW or WWE. Ooh. Or TNA. <laughs> let's let's not get out of hand now. Just, let's slow down. Just because just because he kissed the TNA uh, emblem the other night doesn't mean he's going to TNA. I cannot see him going to WWE. I could see him taking five million dollars a year. I don't. I just can't see it. I, I'm not saying which side I can't see it from. I'm not saying that he wouldn't go there. I'm saying it just doesn't seem like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm stunned. That I, I would know say that? Mean, yeah. Um, the, the, I'm stunned. Happening. Yeah. The, number one. Number two, I'm, I'm stunned that New Japan has allowed this to get to this point. Um, well, then Osprey should have gone over. Okada's on his way out. They might not have known then. Might not, yeah. 
I mean, look at uh, the Tama Tonga situation. They didn't. They didn't know until Tama Tonga came post match. Was like, hey, I'm I'm dropping the uh, I'm chucking the deuce up in this motherfucker. I'm out. Next year's Wrestle Kingdom is going to be headlined by Titan and Master Wado. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be lit. I'd be I'd be um, cool with it though. Uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, that, that, that's huge. Um, Massive uh, news. Back to, back to uh, that match. Uh, I would say I we're mean, journalists. Wow. I'm dead. Honestly, uh, and I'll just be, uh, this is just me just spitballing for 30 seconds, and obviously we can get back on track uh, here in a second. If it's me, if I got to put money down on it, I think he's going to AEW. It's just too many of his friends over there. It's too many people that he knows. It kind of makes more sense. If it was, That's what I said. If I had my choice, I'm sorry. I still think he should go to WWE. He could have the better matches. It's a worldwide stage. Okada could be on it. Could a, have the better matches. Like, what? I, I trust Could have the I better trust, matches I in trust, WWE. I trust Triple H more than I do Tony Khan. If you just want to make, you don't want to have some, you know, standout matches alone. Go to AEW. If you want to tell stories and tell stories, you know, in a way that could be really compelling, I think you should go to WWE. Zach, what do you think? That's a bonkers take. Uh, I agree. <laughs> as bonkers totally as it agree. may be. Look, as bonkers as it may be, look, let's, I was thinking about Miro the other day. Miro is a, is a good example. We got him back, and now what? He's still he's back in this purgatory he's a again. He's a mid-card guy. Mid-card's a, he's a mid-card guy for his whole fucking career. You're the top guy. I'll tell you what. Oh, so you gonna let him, you gonna let this mural blasphemy go, go ahead and, 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 and happen in front of you? You know, I didn't like it so much. I didn't like it so much. Okay, but but I, just, I have something else to say though. <laughs> is that I would take Miro that one match that we got of Miro versus Hobbs versus twenty Miro versus Miz on the second match of Backlash or whatever. That's on events. Can we not agree that Triple H has done a, a better job than yes. Vince has? We've never seen we've never seen anybody do a good job with Miro except for Miro and uh Rusev Day. How come I can never remember what a- his a- name a- was? English. A- English. A- English. That's the most over he's ever been, and he got himself Self over. over. So no nobody's question. ever done a good job with him. Okay. I, I, don't, is that, I don't think it's a comparable scenario. I do think uh out of the two, um, I would rather see him in AEW just because of the match quality. But I, if I had to bet today, I would bet he's going to WWE to make it rain. Uh, I, I think they just probably back the truck up for him. And uh, I mean, Tony Khan has the money, uh, but dude, that would be a huge coup. Um, and there was like kind of rumblings about him going to WWE, and it's like where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, especially, you know, especially if they're looking Roman to expand. Street. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but if he they're trying to the new Roman Reigns in WWE, if they're trying to expand into Japan, which Triple H, that I know that's big on his list of what to do or what he wants to do. They're talking. They've been talking about NXT Japan for a couple of years now. Nobody could do it like Okada. You know, they're not going real hard after Sonata. 
<laughs> Cody Rhodes is in shambles right now Dude, Cody is like, what the fuck, man? God damn it I just want to win the title That's all I want Cody going to finish the story in a retirement match Nigga, I mean, this motherfucker Cody Rhodes is probably you. You are, Three Beer, you are so right Cody Rhodes is probably somewhere in the corner Like, why is this happening to me? What have I done wrong? I I've done know. everything right <laughs> There's some, like, drywall repairman in Atlanta that's just fucking raking it in because Cody's just punching his walls. Cody Rose, he is insanely over. Dude. Insanely over. I mean, it's almost going to be a year after the fact he's won the Royal Rumble. Nothing has changed. His momentum still feels the same. And now he's he could possibly be out of the WrestleMania match that feels like it should it should be a shoe-in from a year ago. And he's been in some pretty good feuds. He they've had done, a good they, year. They've done a, a lot to keep we him. Are, we are so off track now. I know, well, it was the Okada thing, man. <laughs> it was the Okada thing. We're having a code. Uh, no, I will okay. say. That's my I bad. I'm supposed to keep this shit in line. No, it was breaking news, damn it. That's not your fault. Uh, for me, it was WWE Matt Riddle, though. Uh, I think my favorite guy in this whole match was Bad Duke Tito. Oh, yeah. Big breakout, breakout type of match. I don't think so. It I, really was. No, I was gonna. Well, I'll just. I guess because I've seen Bad Dude Tito in like New Japan Strong episodes, things like that. For me, this is nothing I hadn't seen before, and that's why I was. You know, I'm banging the table for somebody to you know to sign him or for shit. New Japan needs to just now pony up and just get him at this point. What the fuck? Um, I mean, to be the most. To be the standout performer uh, in a ring with those, those three guys, guys is, is saying something, yeah, for sure. No question about it. I, I'm a huge Bad Dude Tito fan, obviously. Um, from that point, Julia beats Trisha Dora. Uh, Trisha Dora looks good, but obviously Julia retains. Um, you left out the uh, Mustafa Ali vignette. See, that's that's another another ace going to WWE. <laughs> Mustafa Ali comes out to well vignette uh, style challenges Hiromu Takahashi for a match. I think that's going to be absolutely amazing, just for the fact that you have two styles that are going to mesh very well with each other. Mustafa Ali going the the independent route until somebody's smart enough to sign him and. Go ahead. That's in his hometown, right? He's from yeah. Chicago. So that's going to be a hot crowd oh, yeah. for a fucking hot match. Uh, Ali's got something to prove. He's going to be in front of uh, his home, his home fans. Keep an eye on Keep an eye on it. I'm Hey, I got a prediction. Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Oh, shit. That match is going to be watchable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like bracing hey, for don't, impact. Don't argue with me. <laughs> nope. I'm sticking by it. You can't talk me off the ledge. No. But what happens is... It's going to be good. No, I promise the match is going to be good. Are you sure? I mean, can you want to talk about this? It's going to be very... Very watchable. Okay. I just... I don't I don't want you to do something crazy. Um... Other winners just for giggles, and then there was one angle at the very beginning we were going to talk about. Um, G.O.D. beats War Dogs. Uh, David Finley defeats T.J.P. Um, Valdador Jr. and Mascara uh, Dorada defeat Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. In the opener, Team Filthy falls to Shoto Umino, Fred Rosser, and Jacob Fatu. Um 
post-match in that curtain jerker, one Jack Perry comes out to attack Shota Umino and then tears up his supposed AEW contract after the fact and starts to call himself the scapegoat. Okay, number one, I'm not too mad about the the angle itself. If you want to bring Jack Perry over to New Japan to get his ass handed to him, so be it. That's his business. Somebody at AEW should make some money off of it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to see Jack Perry to get, getting his he- head handed to him by Shota uh, Umino and others, uh, Shingo Takagi, so on so forth. Number two, this tearing up of the AEW contract get the fuck up out of here you expect me to believe that AEW and Jack Perry are just gonna part ways and Jack Perry's gonna come out and do that shit publicly no big time fucking work I'm not even believing that shit you didn't even make me blink about it it's Jack Perry if he tears up his contract it's not like it's CM Punk coming out here and tearing up his contract it doesn't even register on the radar the fact that he, he picks Shota Umino or that that's for their booking him with it's fine it's not a big deal on the grand scheme of things but for me A it was a surprise but B the way they kind of executed it not the biggest fan in the world about it what you think of it Zach uh, the amount of people that thought that that was a shoot um, should be zero, but there's probably some real dumb bastards out there. But um, yeah, the the angle is what it is. But the idea of an excursion for Jack Perry, like get him out of AEW where there's already just like so many guys, and get him wrestling in a Japanese ring. Uh, learning the ropes. He's still pretty young. Um, I think that part is phenomenal. He can work on his character. He can work on his ring work. Um, I think excursions are good, and I think AEW should do more of them uh, and send more of these guys to Mexico and Japan, and they come back better for it. I mean, look at fucking Yoda Suji mm. and Yu Yu Emura. Mm. Like, they went, they went away for, like, nine months and come back fucking superstars. I, I can't necessarily argue with that. Yeah, I mean, I was completely fine with this. I like Jack Perry. I've always been a fan of him. Always just said the name needs to change, and now they call him Jack Perry, which I think is good. You know, he's got... There's a little bit of juice behind this character, you know, because it's based on some real shit, and him not... He... I mean, it is wild that that happened, and CM Punk showed up in WWE before Jack Perry showed up back on television. That is that is wild. Um, It's CM Punk. Yeah, I'm just saying, why was Jack Perry away so long? I mean, he's young and dumb, and he got in a little skirmish backstage. He did the Lord's work, and sometimes doing the Lord's work, you have to pay the penance This for character, the scapegoat Jack Perry, that, that works for me. That, that works for me. I mean, like the Young Bucks kind of did, too. I don't want to jump ahead, but the Young Bucks started kind of playing into that mm-hmm. EVP shit this yes, week. And it's like, why didn't you guys so. do this right after Brawl Out? Yeah. Why didn't you guys try to make money right after it with this shit? Yeah. Why didn't you bring Jack Perry back three weeks later, calling himself the scapegoat Mm. when it was still fucking hot? Right. Somebody's got to make money off it. Might as well be Jack Perry. God bless him. I ain't mad at him. Shit. Get your paper. Um, Obviously, that wraps up a battle of the valley. Um, The Okada news, obviously, is probably going to be more so of the one count than battle of the valley because now that 
you know, looking, you know, back at it, you know, Monday day, Monday night quarterback, we were looking at one of the last, what, three matches, including this one of Kazuchika Okada as the, the rainmaker of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's, it's going to be real interesting these next two uh, nights where he wrestles, uh, Losing Jay White, losing Will Ospreay, now losing Okada. I'm not going to sit here and say that New Japan's in trouble, but these young guys, the Yodosujis, Renderitas, Shota Uminos, they're going to have to grow up and grow up pretty quick because they're going to be in uh, on the top of the card before you know it. Yeah, Daddy's going out for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> it's time for you to get a fucking job. What's the uh, what's the uh, Harlem Nights? Hey, hey, you know, Rosie, put your mama on the phone. Yeah, uh, Betty, I'm never coming home again. Can catch you later. <laughs> I mean, it's basically <laughs> like that. He's, I mean, it's so wild that this is happening. And I, I mean, it's one. Who are Okada's last scheduled matches against? <sighs> Shit. They should have him drive out one, to Finley. Well, one has to be the TMDK title defense. Um, him, um, Tanahashi and Ishii are facing um, Fujita, and I believe it's TMDK, Mikey Nichols, and Shane Hayes. I know that's a scheduled title match. So either for, for whatever reason, if he doesn't show up, uh, they forfeit the titles, if I'm not mistaken, so TMDK would win. I thought TMDK would win anyway because it just felt like Okada and the, the six-man titles didn't make sense. It was probably – and Tanahashi's a double champion. I mean, Tanahashi doesn't be a, need to be a double champion and the president of New Japan Wrestling. I mean, what the fuck? You know, pass the blunt, motherfucker. So, in that point, I already thought that he was going to be uh, – they were going to drop the titles then. I just don't know what the next uh, match is. I'm sure we can find out, but um, shocking news. Ultimately, as a New Japan fan, I'm going to really start getting high here in like 30 seconds because I'm feeling all in my feelings about this shit. Poor Jason. <laughs> Let's get to that two count. Naito, save us. Uh, Zach, what's the two count? Uh, two count, we can talk some AEW stuff. Um, Rampage, pretty skippable this week. Uh, we did have a Continental Crown match with Eddie Kingston and Wheeler Yuta, and a pretty solid match with Swerve uh, Strickland and Matt Seidel, which uh, completely makes sense. Uh, those guys are both really talented, but really, uh, nothing to really write home about, uh, except the Hardys did a did a little uh, vignette backstage with uh, Renee Paquette, and um, they're doing this funny gimmick where they're complaining about being on Rampage because um, they think that they deserve to be on, like, the main show, which is, like, pretty inside, and it's, like, a weird way to turn the heel, which is what I think they're doing. But, like, also the Hardys just, like, kind of suck now. And it's kind of sad, so, like, it's just, you know, they're, like, complaining that they're not, like, on the best show, but they're also just not very good on TV. Um, they're really fucked. They really fucked a lot of stuff up in the ring. They can barely move. Just they need to have their retirement match soon. I was gonna say, are we sure this is a work? Like, or is it actually them complaining about it? like Tony Khan being like, "Nah, dude, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you just hang it, out it here?" It might not be a work. I mean, it always had it always had to end this way, though, right? I mean, that or something worse. So, I mean, this is probably the best case scenario for them guys, just kind of to peter out. 
uh, I'll just say this. Um, Ric Flair, Hardys, guys that have been brought in past their prime with no real direction at this point. I always thought the Hardys would win the AEW championships just for, you know, shits and giggles. TK's kind of a, a mark when it comes to shit like that. See Soraya winning the AEW women's title. So for me, I always thought that was a slam dunk. Now, Ric Flair aside, I mean, we could talk about him when the time comes up, but just on the Hardys. There's a big difference between Soraya and the Hardys. What's Soraya doing now? I mean, not much, but I mean, was, she's a just feel, a lot that was younger. A feel good moment. Yeah. That was oh, a feel okay. Good moment so that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It would be a feel good moment for the Hardys to win the AEW tag team titles. It doesn't really mean anything. We can all move along from that point. Everybody walks away happy. What's the difference? Tony Khan you know, doesn't need. Yeah. When they first Tony Khan doesn't need feel good moments because Tony Khan feels good all the time. You know what I mean? When it I'm not I'm tapping my nostril. (laughs) See, this is where we need uh, not garage band, but uh whatever that fucking shit is. Yeah, I can't even think of it now. So goddamn high. Anyway, um now you couldn't it wouldn't make impact if the Hardys won. When they first got to get oh, they could do it on impact. Yeah, right. <laughs> when they first got to AEW and they became a team, if you would have pulled the trigger right then, that's the pop you get. That's the thing that that's no different than they, what they did with Soraya. They they took it to her hometown, she won the title and then dropped it subsequently thereafter. If the, they did it with the Hardys the same way, they go to AEW, they win the titles, and then drop it subsequently thereafter. I don't see what the difference is. They they were supposed to, and then Jeff got DUI. Okay, well then um, blame Jeff. Shit, don't yeah. you know? Don't that's, blame that's Tony. Life finds a way. Blame Jeff. So non uh, willing to stop put the shit down on. I mean, I get it. I just, like I said, to me, if you'd have done it right away, it, it could have been done. Check mark, box off. And yeah, now you, but but now they're on TV with it, and nobody gives a shit. You no, know, and I, they're just not even like Matt can barely walk, and Jeff just like spots spots all day. Jeff feels like he's just there just to collect the check, man. That's it. What an odd career. They should make the Iron Claw too. Stop the Hardys. America. <laughs> Oh, I mean, man. I know they're still alive, but it would be an interesting. <laughs> be interesting. <laughs> AJ Styles coming back and be like, "This motherfucker." The Swanton bomb. <laughs> the Iron Claw too. The Swanton bomb. <laughs> God damn, Gucci Chris, make that a poster. God damn it, that's your job for the month. Go ahead, three beer. I'm sorry. Do you think? Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's just bonkers that at one time Jeff Hardy was like the biggest thing in the entire business. Wow. Um, yeah, it's wild. Um, we have pretty good collision from AEW. Collision and Battle of the Belts. Um, unfortunately, Battle of the Belts is like totally skippable. Um, you know, it wasn't like bad. It's just skippable in the sense that there's never been a title change except for like Sammy Guevara won like however long ago. Um, like on the first one. Yeah, they said that right, like right before it came on. I was just like, oh, now see, that's probably something you probably want to just k- 
keep in your pocket because it's been so long. I'm sitting there trying to think of like, who did he beat? Who did he beat? I was like, did he beat Cody? That kind of makes sense because it, it would have been, you know, something big, especially on the first show. But I was like, dude, I can't even remember. And that's what the problem is, man. They've made Battle of the Belts so irrelevant that it's, I mean, I watched it, but it was borderline, un, it's borderline skippable just because nothing ever happened. I mean, all I can think when I'm watching it is, why are they doing this? And it's like, well, they must be doing it because the TV channel, at the, or TBS or TNT was like, can you give us another hour once a month or something? And that's why they do it. Like, it is really, it's like, it's like an AEW that's exactly dark. Why they do it. It's an AEW dark with titles on the line. Do titles ever change? It doesn't feel like it. Sammy Guevara is the only person in the nine shows now that's won a title on in nine shows. No way. That, that's they, the only time the titles change? Yeah. They said it. it yep. when that's Jericho, like 30 matches. It, when Jericho and Sammy were doing their vignette on Collision, they, uh, whoever it was, uh, Dasha was like, you know, Sammy Guevara, you, you're the only person in the Battle of the Belts history to win, you know, a, a title in the Battle of the Belts. I'm like, damn, that's the only person. It's going to be the ninth edition coming out. Get the fuck out of here. You knew Anna J wasn't going to win. Uh, I can't think of who Orange Cassidy was defended against. Preston Vance. Enough said. So now what? I'm like, dude, y'all need to be ashamed of yourselves. Just throw us a fucking bone. Have somebody drop the title on one of them so that way you still make it feel like, hey, it could happen at any time. Hey, now, I'm, gonna, when I'm just going to say a PSA to all wrestling bookers out there. At least the ones that I watch. <laughs> so basically just Tony Khan, Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> we need titles to change more. You guys got to cut this shit out. No, Change the titles. Gunther is a reason why I think a good title run helps both sides. Gunther, Seth, Reigns, Rhea Ripley. Okay, perfect. MJF. Yeah, whoever retired with the uh, 24-7 uh, title. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, we could use more title that. changes. Here's the crazy thing is they did do a title change this week. It was a good one, I think. Uh, you got the Bang Bang Gang, which are getting ahead of ourselves. But, um, you know, they won the ROH trios. Like, I don't know why that couldn't have been on Battle of the Belts. Like, I don't know why they they had to have, like, this um, trios match on Collision where they had Mogul Embassy versus, like, Lance Archer and the Righteous, which was, like, not even that good. Um, I mean, I like... I, I was like they're, they're fine, but it's like it was just a nothing happened in match, like pretty much. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but yeah, collision opened with uh, uh, Lee Moriarty, which like the unfortunate aspect of like nobody thinking that Lee Moriarty is gonna like win, which like edges like ever since he's come to AEW. Besides like wrestling Christian, he just like beats a bunch of young guys, and that's just like what he does. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't get it. So I don't, I don't, I really like the stuff that he's done with Christian, but outside of that, I think it's been, um, I wouldn't say lackluster, but, um, you know, I don't think he's really given these guys a rub by beating them. No, it's weird. It's a weird strategy to have with them. I mean, obviously it's what he wants to do. Uh, he's yeah. like, I, mean, I want to match, I want to have a match with Griff. Right. Learn by being in the ring with him, so that's cool. But yeah, I don't know. 
Um, I like Lee Moriarty, but I mean, um, I'm kind of like with Bill on this one. What is this? I mean, is this a real rub? I mean, I, I guess, you know, I just. Adam Copeland's going to be fine. We know that. I mean, what's the, what's this doing for Lee Moriarty? It, it just feels like, you know, we just we fed him and Shane Taylor to Adam Copeland just to keep him, you know, hot for, you know, a third match versus Christian Cage. If that's the case, then so be it. But let's not act like that. I guess because of the way the storyline is, he's building himself back up. So you're going to go through Griff Garrison and Lee Moriarty's or whatever. But that's not doing anything for those guys. Yeah. Uh, we had a very fun, like, like uh, didn't really have, like, any, like, story, you know, elements. It was just, uh, but it was just, and it was very fast. But uh, I love this Dustin Rhodes-Willie Mack match, man. Uh, just, you know, just a good, fast professional wrestling match. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, you know, getting a win because he's challenging um, Christian. Uh, so that was just kind of to help build him up. But, uh it was pretty fun. Sometimes it's easy to forget how much fucking Dustin Rhodes can go. Yeah. Uh, he is a really cool wrestler when he gets some time, like 10, 12, 15 minutes. I feel like I bring this up all the time, but Gold Dust and Stardust kind of ran raw for a while. It was them and the Shield for like a for like four months. It With was Dusty like every single it, night. Yeah. Uh, very... Uh, He's a he's a great wrestler and I I love watching him. No, uh, Willie Mack is uh, another one of those guys that is a uh, good talent. Him and Dustin had a good match. I just I kind of feel bad for Willie because he came over and now he's just kind of in that little mix of uh, enhancement talent guys that can come out and give you a nice eight, ten, twelve minute match or whatever. But ultimately goes down to Dustin Rhodes here, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why is he losing to Dustin Rhodes? This, I mean, it's, it's a weird, random match. And, you know, Tony Khan just doesn't do this to just do this. You know what I'm saying? There's a pattern. Well, you know, I just couldn't figure it out. And then, obviously, Dustin Rhodes goes backstage. Christian Cage interrupts him. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Should have seen this oh, one dude. coming. And this was great, not only because, I mean, Christian doing a typical shtick, which was very fun, where he's like, oh, you want to win the CNC title? That's a nice dream. He's like, uh, you know, speaking of dreams, it'd be nice if your dad was around to see it. I'm like, son of a bitch. And then he says, uh, besides, like, the dead dad thing, he's like, yeah, you know, they call your dad a legend. He's like, nobody's ever said that about you. And it's crazy because I have been watching Dustin right Dustin Rhodes Dustin Ronalds wrestled my entire life it feels like he was like the it. natural Dustin he was the natural uh Dustin Ronalds or Dustin Rhodes whichever one at the time uh whenever in WCW whenever I was like a little little kid and then he was gold dust whenever I was like real heavy into wrestling and um yeah just absolutely wild I've been watching him for so long but uh he cut a pretty nice promo on Christian too just old school wrestling mm-hmm. and, uh, uh but yeah uh, there was another kind of match, J.D. Uh, Drake. Again, on paper, you're like, ah, oh, this is like whatever. Um, but they went out and had like a really fun competitive match. J.D. Drake is a really good worker. And, um, man, Adam Page just uh, is fucking phenomenal. Um, I feel like, you know, he gets overshadowed a lot with all like the drama and shit, you know, in the past. and But, uh Adam Page, when he's out there, like, he's one of the fucking best workers in a company full of fantastic workers, and I think that he deserves some credit. 
Yeah, they, they put out a pretty fucking nice match here. I've never had any issues with Hangman's in-ring performance. That's for sure. Uh, he, I mean, it's true. I've never had I know, any issues I know, with I know, it. I know, I know, I know. He's, I'm, I'm seconding what Zach says. He's fucking I was, great. I was waiting for you to say a but. No, no but. <laughs> no but. I like the tease. I like the tease, guys. Yeah, I was about to say, Adam Page dodged a little shrapnel on that one. Um, I agree with everything with Zach said. I think that the fact that he him being hangman has lost twice to swerve always gives you a natural uh, uh, avenue back to swerve whenever you want to go back to it how and when tk does it i think it you know we'll just have to wait and see but um this rebirth or for lack of a better word uh second act of hangman page has been way more well i should say way more intriguing but intriguing than the first the first act was obviously good because it was the rise to the AEW championship and have finally beaten uh, Kenny Omega to do it. This time around, this just feels a little different because it's almost like, you know, it's a redemption arc. You know, he's kind of hit rock bottom, so to speak, and now he's lost to Swerve a couple of times, one time in the match that's supposed to be geared towards him. So now what happens going forward? So, you know, in that sense, for me, Hangman has gotten real intriguing pretty quickly. Keeping him next to Swerve will always be good. So, you know, for me, the match was good. Um, J.D. Drake, like you said, good worker. Another Willie Mack kind of guy just, you know, in a different form. But this was more so about Hangman Page and keeping him high to hopefully uh, intercept either Samoa Joe or Swerve Part 3. I am. I had uh, Deanna Perrazzo tap out Red Velvet and Hook tapped out uh, Kevin Matthews. I, I was about to say, um, if you could come up with that name, you are a better person than me. I just wrote enhancement. <laughs> yep, I only I only added because I got it here on the on the website. Otherwise, I would have I would have said some guy. Um, and then just like every collision, uh, we had uh, FTR finish it up in the main event with the twenty five minute tag match. Uh, <laughs> this time they had Daniel Garcia with them, and uh, they were facing the House of Black, and it was pretty damn good. Mm. Um, that's about all I can say about it, though. But uh, they were um, House of uh, what was it? Uh, House of Black ended up winning with a distraction finish there. But uh, so that was something. Um, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I about to say, I obviously, got to iron that shit. For me, this was like I was like, these are two teams, and obviously. House of Black has worn the uh, the AEW's trio titles. Didn't, it was like, you know, damn, you know, now they're kind of back together. I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, have another run with the shit. But more so for, like, FTR and Daniel Garcia, if you want to try to really get Daniel Garcia over as a, a baby face now, this is a, a great way to, to position him next to FTR, who, who's over AF. You know what I'm saying? Matt Menard is who it is. You know what I'm saying? Him getting dropped as, you know, post-match kind of gives him a, a, the sympathetic figure look. You know, if you like him, great. If not, you know, so be it. It, it. That's neither here nor there. The three guys that you're supposed to feel sympathy for was obviously FTR and uh, Daniel Garcia. So for that point, you know, the match was good. I just think everything post-match made it a little more interesting because now it's more so they feel more sympathetic than ever before. Yeah, they, you know, they bounced uh, – was uh, Buddy Matthews around or whatever? I think it was. Anyway, uh, 
ultimately it doesn't matter. Um, I just think that Garcia and FTR together have have a little chemistry in the ring, and you got something to go forward to if you want to go that route. Danny Garcia is actually wrestles quite a bit like those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. they are, uh, you know, uh, they are symbiotic that way. I can feel myself changing. I can feel my body and my mind and my soul and my spirit. I can, Whoa, no, I can feel it morphing oh, into Jesus. a Matt Menard mark. What? <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know what's happening to me. Oh, oh man, hell no. After all he's this really, shit. You, he's really good all on commentary. You, after all this shit you've been talking about, this dude. <laughs> Vikingo and now Matt Menard? Yeah. Dude, who I are know. you? I feel like uh I feel like Michael J. Fox looking in the mirror and Teen Wolf. Like <laughs> That's amazing. His dad standing outside the bathroom. Scott. <laughs> Scott. Okay. Let's say don't open the door. <laughs> you see me like this, Dad. <laughs> I'm washing my hands, damn it. Um I've never had a problem with Matt Menard. I'm just, I'm very, so why, why, why are you now becoming a fan again? You like him know. on commentary? I, I think mean, he's pretty ver- good on commentary and it kind of makes me see him differently. And, uh, you know, when he came in kind of as the baby face at the end of this match, I was into it. You got mad when he got yacked in the mouth? I did. <laughs> Mark. He seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Three beer, come get your boy, man. He's he's gone off the deep end. What the fuck is going on? Bill's gonna start chugging shopping at Menards now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you call just gave your me a, matches at Menards. Uh, you, <laughs> you just you're planting some seeds for next week's AKA, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you Menard. Uh, uh, we went right into Battle of the Belt, and uh, you know I said it was skippable because there was no title changes, but uh, this first match was actually pretty goddamn good. Um, absolute Ricky Starks and Big Bill uh, versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, and they had a goddamn street fight for the AEW championship, and this thing was all over the place. Um, super fun. Uh, they did some crazy spots. Uh, you know, Big Bill and Jericho uh, went through a table, and then Sammy went like 25 feet up some scaffolding Jesus. and went through the goddamn floor. Dude, you're um, a dad now. Chill out. I know, right? And Hobbs, Hobbs pulled him out of the way and uh, pulled Starks out of the way, and the Starks pinned him. Uh, but um, holy jeez, this was uh, pretty pretty fun stuff. Um, that was to me the biggest surprise. Hobbs coming out of nowhere and, and saving Ricky Starks, even though they have past beef. Um, I'll, I'll wait. I'll you know reserve judgment to see what happens there. But when uh, Sammy ran down Ricky Starks, where it's usually Sammy the one getting ran down, and now you had the tables reversed. Irony at his finest, R- Ricky with an amazing bump, you know. But this was uh, this was a Zach Pullman party spot fest, whatever you want to call it. If you want to see a match that encompasses all of what Zach likes, this is a perfect match. <laughs> so over the top at every point. It was not even painful to watch. It was just like, Jesus Christ, what's next? So Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that Starks and Bill retained. Yeah, so. ultimately, that's all I'm worried about, that the right team went over. You know, yeah, you can be fun. over the top as you want to, as long as the team, the team that should go over went over. So, 
Uh, then we had, um, I, I don't know if they were just doing it kind of as a nod to Brody Lee because the anniversary of his passing was fairly recently. Mm. Uh, but they had uh, Julia Hart was um, defending against Anna Jay and then Orange Cassidy defended against Preston Vance. And um, neither of them won and neither were expected to win. Um, but the matches themselves were totally fine. Don't um, forget, uh, don't forget, Serena Deeb uh, vignette uh, back of the house at Applebee's in the walk-in, which was pretty cool. <laughs> she was able to do that on a like, smoke break. <laughs> you ain't shit. God damn. She had dropped a couple checks. <laughs> <laughs> she had the time. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Serena Deeb, you know, you know getting, getting her workout in. Shit, what's this in my arm? <laughs> Fuck. Shrapnel BFR. Hey, Mackenzie, watch table 31 for me. I'm going to go uh, cut a vignette uh, in the walk in. <laughs> I dropped checks at 21 and 12. <laughs> Let me know if I get seated. Dude, my head's about to explode. Because Let me know if fucking Mackenzie double seats me again. If you've ever waited tables or worked in a restaurant, you can totally understand that conversation. That's amazingly fucking funny. Great job, but damn you, you ain't shit. <laughs> I like Serena Deep. I'm just worried I about what too. you I made that one joke that one time about her being a waitress at Applebee's. It's a fun bit. No, I, look, I'm not saying that. I didn't call her viscera. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah, no. A bunch of people were talking shit or they were body shaming Dion and Perazzo this week. Right. And I was like, man, fucking assholes body shaming. And I was like, wait a minute. I did call Keith Lee Viscera last week. <laughs> <laughs> you look great, Keith. <laughs> I was say, my man going off for, for two surgeries and shit. You over here just taking them with shrapnel. Give them Bask in your glory. <laughs> I was about to say, take the shrapnel out while you're in there, boss man. Um, I, I, it is what it is. I'm not. I wasn't too impressed with. Well, I shouldn't say that. Anna J and Preston Vance are fine. It just you knew what was going to happen, and that's that is what it is. I think Anna J is is somebody that could you know would be like a TNT cha- or a TBS champion, um, maybe somewhere down the line if you know you just gave her time and booked her right. But it, these two, like I, I agree with Zach on this. This was more so about. Brody Lee than either of these two being built up to a point where they're it feels like they should have been in this spot so you know battle the belts nine you know one in 27 28 whatever it is I mean goddamn can somebody else besides Sammy win for Christ's sake what the fuck give it a rating no I'm kidding kidding. (laughs) (laughs) graded uh Serena Deeb gives it two drags of a Virginia slip. God damn. <laughs> God damn, stop. Nah, she's, she's one of those old schools that still smokes parliaments. See see what you did, Three Beards? See this shit? Now, see, stop encouraging this motherfucker, man. Stop. That's a great hypothetical. What kind of cigarette does Serena Deeb smoke? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going cool. You, you cool know what's really funny? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> what I be? I always make that joke about Eddie, Eddie Kingston smoking new Ford. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm, I finished. I finished John Moxley's book, and, uh, he, and he's like, he's like, so I run into Eddie who's standing outside smoking a new Ford. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Really? <laughs> yeah, it was confirmed. Oh, that is book. perfect. How did you just now bring that up? Holy I, shit. I just finished the book like last week. 
Oh, I was losing God, real, real slow. That is incredible. Oh, Jesus Christ Almighty. The three beer. I, I said it earlier tonight. You don't miss, motherfucker. That's amazingly <laughs> fucking funny. And did, you clearly didn't know he smokes Newports. That's. I got to have a Newport in that moment. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Kingston looks like he works in a, a bodega that sells a really good chopped cheese. Stop, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what can I get for you? <laughs> <laughs> Serena D looks like a cocktail waitress on an oil rig. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you motherfuckers ain't shit. Joke. Whose joke is that? Uh, it's on Bethany's show. Oh, um, god damn, that's yeah. good. <laughs> you are I horrible. stuck with me for so many years. It's so good. Um, oh, anyway, fuck yeah, off. You two motherfuckers ain't shit. Oh man, yeah, that was a lot. Sorry. All right, so. uh <laughs> We opened uh, Dynamite with a fantastic fucking match, Christian Cage versus Dustin Rhodes, and these brothers are just two old-school professional wrestling brothers, and they had a old-school professional wrestling match, and I fucking loved it. Um, and obviously, Dustin didn't win, because he's not gonna, but uh, he did kick out of a kill switch, and it really popped the crowd, and uh, there were some, some moments where got near fall and stuff but uh it was overall a very fun match that was expected of me yeah man i fucking love this this was uh the crowd was really great and they told a really fun story they they really i i don't think that i ever thought that dustin was gonna win but Man, it was no. fun. It was fun. No, you knew Dustin wasn't going to win. It was just, you know, uh, uh, what what was the story they were going to tell? And, you know, this was more of the fact of um, Dustin just, you know, fighting hard to try to win the TNT title, you know, kicking out of the kill switch, you know. That, that was, you know, like, oh, at least, you know, that was the hope spot, like you like to call it or whatever the case may be. Outside of that, this, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong; it, it was nothing wrong with the match. You just knew what the finish was. Ultimately, it was just how you're going to get there. Dustin having to fight off three guys to get to the point where he could have won, just didn't win. Christian Cage pulls out some fuckery and gets the dub. No, nothing wrong with that. Christian Cage shouldn't have lost to begin with, but that's another story for another time. Yeah, Swerve wasn't wrestling on this show, but he did uh, cut a promo backstage with Renee. Uh, basically saying he's got his eyes on Samoa Joe, he's got his eyes on the main event, um, not worried about Hangman Page. Um, but uh, good promo, I mean, still just coming off like a star. Uh, it seems like they're gearing towards uh, Swerve, Hangman, Joe, three-way, which I think is very smart uh, because it gets that, you know, aspect of they can kind of, you, you can have that match and, not only will it be awesome because all three guys are awesome, but those two will kind of be almost more worried about each other than they will about the eye on the prize and allow Joe to kind of sneak away with a win. Uh, instead of, you know, we're talking about strike with the iron tot with Swerve, that kind of delays that a little bit, but it still leaves opportunity for him to get another match down the road. Um, so anyway, what do you guys think? Great promo by Swerve backstage. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart uh, methodical character. I like it. Um, I'm totally cool if they end up going triple threat on this, and Shatter. not just not just in the uh, <laughs> not just in the Bill loves three ways type of way, uh, but in the I, I think that like Zach said, there's a lot of uh, fun dynamics there. 
especially with Joe being the champion that he is. He's just really fucking compelling, and I don't know what they're going to do. And it's it's exciting. It's a it's a good problem to have because you that means you got talent at the top of the uh, the card, and that's not a bad thing. Obviously, um, the triple threat kind of feels like it makes the most sense. Uh, you don't want to kind of crush one or the other how you if it was just a singles match joe versus swerve whoever was facing joe right now if it was a singles match probably is going to lose at least in this scenario it feels like it's a little more intrigue how do we get there in this scenario oh it's not like i wouldn't even consider joe to be a massive favorite I would in a triple threat i wouldn't either because now you you I'm i'm talking shoot style like the way they book it Okay, okay, completely fair. I don't have a problem with that either. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the triple threat, but as the story progresses, I'm more and more getting on board with it as we get closer to what it feels like will be the revolution main event as the triple threat, Joe Swerve and uh, Hangman Page. Would you be more into the triple threat if we called it a threesome? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna leave that one alone. Answer: No. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be real with you. Yes, <laughs> he's comfortable with his. I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm seeing some bad visuals. I'm gonna go with Ooh, no. What? <laughs> Head tilt is all right. The backstage, um, and Matt Seidel challenges him, so we're gonna have that match on Rampage. Um, there was a nice little moment there where um, Jericho said, uh, yeah, you know, I respect you as a wrestler. Said, oh, you know, some people even say maybe you're born to do this. Um, got Renee a little smile. Um, but, uh, yeah, rooting for Seidel as a St. Louis boy, but uh, he's going to lose Jericho. Probably. Um, probably be a good match, though. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta versus Commander and Pencil Zero. Um, I mean, that's a very fun match. Uh, a lot of this was mostly about uh, Undefeated Kingdom, though. They came down to watch, and um, that seems like the uh, the idea is to build up uh, this AEW International Championship match between Roderick Strong and Orange Cassidy, which uh, they announced for Revolution, I guess, and that's, yes. uh, that's a ways away. Yeah. Six weeks away. Six weeks. So. Yeah, I'm like, damn, dog, just couldn't hold your goal? What the fuck? Um, Which is good because normally they've been doing the thing where they haven't been, been like announcing stuff to, or you know, they've been doing it like, like, hey, it's two weeks out, we don't really have, yeah. So, you know, it's almost like they kind of went back, you know, back and forth. So, um, I was thinking at the end of this match that Trent Beretta, like, I just got it in my head. It's like, man, Trent Brothers should attack Orange Cassidy Dude, right Dude, I was here. waiting for it. I was so waiting for it. You Dude, stole was my that, fucking thunder. Was that, is that just us, or were they kind of teasing it? I think they they were teasing it on commentary, and the way Trent was acting in ring was heelish. Man, if he just would have leveled... Orange Cassie oh, right there, and then like joined like, Undisputed we'll Kingdom. Kingdom. I was that's dude. We are on this. I was so <laughs> that was waiting for that. I was like, okay, so Trent's kind of hot. Trent Brett as a heel. Trent Brett as a heel. You have my attention. It's it's something. It's not, and I'm not saying it would do him a world of good, but I think we've exhausted Trent Beretta in this current form. Long time ago. Mm-hmm. 
right, so we had uh, Adam Page backstage with Renee. Um, again, just another promo in the vein of the Swerve promo earlier, referencing each other, but really focusing on Samoa Joe. This was uh, pretty good. Um, I I liked where he was going. He tried to sound real cool by saying, Swerve seems to think about me a lot. I don't think about him at all. We all know that's not true, Adam. Shit, it is so, it. If you if you if he didn't say it, then it, it, you wouldn't have mattered. Tell you what, if a dude broke into my house, okay, cut a promo over my kid's bed, okay, and his best friend ate my wife's blueberries, okay, I'm gonna be thinking about him all day and day. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, motherfucker. Anyway. You are in my head, okay. You are, you might as well sit down and help me with this. My mortgage. lifestyle is changing because of you. <laughs> <laughs> is, is blueberries a euphemism? No, motherfucker. He's not. It was oh, brother, banging up the blueberries. Licking his he never eats another man's blueberries. <laughs> he's eating, licking his fingers and shit, man. That that was the promo. That should have been promo of the year, right? No, that was more of a segment than anything <laughs> else, but still, nonetheless, you get my point. Yeah, the best thing on the show, uh, which is Mark Briscoe walked out, and um, it was one year uh, since uh, his brother had died in a car accident. And, um, I mean, he got this promo and I was like, oh man, I was like, I can't believe it's been a year. And, um, you know, and he's cutting it and I'm like, man, you know, he's always been very well put together, like throughout this whole thing. Like, you know, I'm not a religious person. He seems to have like a lot of faith. Um, seems to be a real, real like Christian dude. And it seems like it's really helped him because even like the Jay Briscoe tribute show, he was like, everybody was like tore up and he's out there, you know? just like celebrating his brother and um but uh, anyway uh he's you know says tragically one year ago tonight my brother passed in a car accident uh my nieces were in the truck with him and they told my oldest niece she'll never walk again and i'm just like dude i just start like tearing up like i'm just watching this i'm like working and i i, I just had to like stop working and i'm just like fully like uh tears welling up and then he says, however, bring out these kids and these kids walk out. Um, I'm sure that there's pain. I'm sure that there's been a lot long road, but man, um, they didn't look like anything was wrong with them. And I saw some x-rays from whenever that happened. That girl's back was completely fucked. It's amazing that um, she's walking, let alone looking like she does. And uh, man, that was just a really beautiful thing. And then they had a tribute package there. And uh, man, those girls got a big pop. And um, it, it, it was cool. Yeah, you got to put a trigger warning on that for a guy like me as a father of a daughter. Uh, no, this was very touching. Um, incredible. And like Zach said, it was the most emotion that uh, Briscoe has shown mm. this whole time, which mm. is saying something. But uh, this was awesome. Genuinely feel good. Yeah. That was a father of a daughter. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought about was that this is the first time that Briscoe has shown any kind of emotion, really, where you could see it on his face, you can hear it in his voice, where it was starting to overtake him in certain spots. So just in the sense of a, a tribute moment, that definitely stands out. Obviously, the kids coming out and uh, his niece being able to walk again 
is something that you know it felt like somebody was cutting onions in the apartment and shit. You know, had your boy over here kind of boohooing like a motherfucker. So, um, it was it was one of the spots like you said. I wish somebody would have told me that it was coming up because that way I'd have got my shelf ready. But it was an amazing moment. I'm glad that you know. Unfortunately, Jay's not here, but his daughters are here and upright and walking and healthy. So you know, there's something to be taken away from that. As a journalist, I'm supposed to be watching these shows objectively. You know, not let my emotion play in. So I was, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, stone cold motherfucker. <laughs> and then uh, did like a total rubber band here, where I went from like uh, in tears to laughing in tears because we had uh, Renee Paquette uh, with the Young Bucks backstage, and holy shit, there's the best Young Bucks are heel Young Bucks, and we are getting full on heel Young Bucks. Um, she, they cut her off whenever they're introducing, whenever she's introducing them and says, can you show us some respect and call us by our God-given name, Nicholas and Matthew? I'm just like, oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, now we're talking. <laughs> they're, they're like leaning into the EVP thing and they're saying like, uh, you know, you know, speaking of there being a company around, you got your paycheck this week, right? You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, then they go on and they start talking about Sting and they say, you know, whenever they started this, they're talking about changing the world. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, they lost their way. The culture shifted. Toxicity crept into the locker room. Things are different. It's like they started to lean on yesterday's self-serving cancerous superstars. And you mentioned Sting, but Sting's none of those things. Sting's great. <laughs> but, uh, which I thought was lovely. But uh, even though they're so heels, they still can't say anything bad about Sting, but they're like, it, uh, Sting represents those stars of yesterday, yeah. and he's the last of a dying breed. And uh, unfortunately for him, we're going to have to say goodbye to Sting and to everybody like Sting. And then he says, like he's like some kind of great leader. Like we never ask anybody to do anything that we would we do ourselves. ourselves. I'm like, motherfucker, what? <laughs> so um, I thought this was great. I also think that like this is like the perfect gimmick for them because they should be leaning the CVP thing. People want to hate them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like deservedly or undeservedly, there's, they, they get like both sides. Like people just want to hate them. They're very polarizing. So just leaning into it is great. And, um, you know, if they're going to go and start retiring, like, uh, please do the Hardys next. And then, uh, you can give Edge and Christian some time to work out their thing and then they can retire them too. Um, you know, like God they can just damn. like, they, I'm just saying, like it's a fun, it's a fun gimmick, like to be like the legend killer. killers. I was just getting ready to say, man, Randy Orton gonna come for your ass here in a little bit. You still with his motherfucking gimmick and giving it to the uh, the Bucks and shit. Um, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, I love the segment. I love, the heel Bucks are the best Bucks, but I do agree with Bill. This should have happened a while ago. They should have been as soon as the the last fight happened. Or, or better yet, the uh, the fight that uh, the, the poor dog got the teeth knocked out of, they should have just mm. immediately came out and just leaned into this that motherfucker like dog. nobody's Wasn't business. Wasn't that dog's fault? Nope. The dog just in the wrong place, wrong time. Um, this was a good segment. I liked it. I mean, it, it, it made me laugh just because the heel bucks to me are just more entertaining easy to hate I, I like the bucks as a, as a team itself. In ring, you can't I can, tell them apart now, can you? Yes. I can't tell. Oh my God. Jesus. I feel like we're back Christ. to the beginning. Yeah, of course you do. Um, they have the exact same mustaches now. 
Yeah, I cannot believe. I'm not. I can't believe they're not not, twins. I'm not going to have this conversation with you right now. I'm just not. Um, I I like the segment. I can't wait to see what happens. Obviously, if the Bucks lose to exactly the same to Sting and Darby, it's no skin off the Bucks' backs. They'll be fine. Um, Now I'm just curious to see how they build this match and and then see the match itself. I bet they'll fight backstage about who's going to do the job. I bet like they're gonna want to lay down for Sting, and Sting's gonna want to lay down for them, and it's gonna be like a whole thing. No, he's about to say Sting's got to go over. There's no way. I, I get. I hear what you're saying. Sting's gonna want to. Sting's you know, got to go over. Yeah. How, however, you I, would, do I it. would. I would book him. I would book him to go over for sure. Yeah. Now, who wins between Sting and Flair in ten years? Oh man, stop. That's <laughs> up for debate. No, stop. I could see okay. either one of them going. Okay. Over. See, case in point. Now after after Sting goes away, <laughs> what do you do with Ric Flair? I mean, no Andrade, no Sting. Put the belt on him. Yeah, dude, shut the fuck up, man. God damn it, I hate you sometimes. Go ahead, three beer. <laughs> <laughs> He's only there to promote his energy drink. So Christian should say something to I mean, him about how his Rick- dad's been dead since 1980 or something. <laughs> 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 Too bad your dad's not around to be see this. He'd be 108. Man, dude, so, stop. Uh, Flair, Flair's a black market baby, too. You know that? I did. That's wild yeah. as hell. That's some fucking good Christian fodder there. Man, mm-hmm. Christian going in on Red Flair just every week. He can just he can just pick a year, and they can do 52 weeks of it. And just, like, he'll be like, so uh, he can just pick a year and just rail on him for whatever he did that year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man okay enough be a fun podcast series look all right god damn it that's gonna be enough yeah. rick flair slander all right as the one rick flair fan best around ever here, do it say <laughs> stop that shit the best ever do call it, call it 52 weeks <laughs> <laughs> um so uh then we had the title change bullet club gold came out with new music which also, the Guns already had a banger song. Mm. Switchblade already had a banger song, and mm. then they just made it uh, another awesome song. They have great entry music. I still uh, haven't heard it, heard they, it, heard it, but I, I was, was kind of like, okay, I, I think I like it. I just haven't heard it yet. I haven't like listened to like it not on the show. I want to, I want to give it a listen. But uh, yeah, I mean, this match is fine. It was really uh, about uh, getting the belt on them because of the whole uh, acclaimed daddy ass, uh, you know, came out to salute them. And then, as Excalibur said, uh, we might see the genesis of the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. Mm. So I don't know if I love that as much as I would like them to wrestle and um, just unify the, those trio's titles. With yeah. the Bang Bang Gang take, taking the ones off of the acclaims and then unifying. Yeah, I kind of forget. I Sometimes I forget that there's two sets of those titles. Yeah, it's easy to forget. I mean, in uh, storyline, the acclaim got you know beat down by the uh, the Undisputed Kingdom thrown through the uh, the windows, and then they disappear for, you know, a length of time, which, you know, that's what's supposed to happen. You well, know, then they, they really to- cooled them off with that dumb thing with Max Caster being obsessed with MJF. Didn't work at all. I, I I can't say I disagree. Really, kind of killed it. No, I, I, well, I think the, I think there's the, them as the, the trio's champions. I think kind of hurts them too. Nobody really wants to see, and that's not a knock against Daddy Ass by all means. Billy Gunn is you know way more in shape than I hope to ever will be. But it's really more so about the acclaimed, and they're not going after the one thing that 
kind of makes them the acclaim. They're not going after the tag titles. I mean, this is a a, a, a complimentary prize at best, you know, not what you really want to see. So yep. it, it is what it is. I'm not sure I want to see the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. I mean, I like the name, but it it, it feels forced. Like I said, it, I get it. You know, in storyline, I get it. I just don't. I, so I you rather get Keith too and call it Bang Bang Scissor Gang in our glory. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! See, <laughs> see, you just can't leave shit alone, motherfucker. Damn. <laughs> I mean, Man. what was that, like 10 minutes that you gave Keith Lee a reprieve? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? God damn. I'm making fun of the name. Poor Mia Yim is over there like, why is there still shrapnel coming through the living room? <laughs> Oh man, like Bill insulting Keith Lee is like on an interval of like Keith Lee walking upstairs. It's like every ten minutes you gotta stop at the landing. You know, every time he gets on the set, he's gotta stop at the landing for ten minutes. And then I put him that's when Bill hits him with another one. Dude, stop <laughs> Don't encourage this motherfucker, please. <laughs> Can you imagine though, like uh if somebody like came up to you like in a weird kind of like dystopian game show situation like hey uh if you can beat up the 60 year old man named kip sop uh you can beat him you just beat him in a fight i'll give you five million dollars and you're like yeah bring that motherfucker right. and he comes out and he's like six seven he's like seventy five. yeah i mean he, yeah he looks incredible yo shit it's like you know what i take back everything i said that that checks you brother Kip, stop your name. <laughs> Let me write that in this check for you. Just get this out the way. He's like, just call me Monty. <laughs> uh, <anyway. laughs> uh, Adam Cole and Wardlow got a thing backstage promo. Basically, Adam Cole talking up Wardlow. Um, seems disingenuous. Um, just because Adam Cole's a heel and Wardlow um, doesn't have any momentum. No, he just like keep talking, nigga. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna give you the belt, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, Deanna Prazo versus Anna J, but the real story here, uh, Deanna uh, got a win, but uh, Tony Storm's on commentary, and man, she was on another level this time. Uh, she was on commentary with Ian Riccaboni, and but she just kept calling him like Tony Shabani, and talking about how he got younger and lost weight. Oh, my and, oh God. man. It killed me. Um, but, uh, yeah, Deanna cut a promo on Tony, and then Tony uh, cut one on her that was way better. Which is like, she says, technical. Technically speaking, you're an artificially tanned hack. Um, Dude. She says, I have to march right in that ring and suck you right in the box. <laughs> yeah, man. She th- she says some dirty shit. Dude, Tony Storm be <laughs> all one, man. I'm like, what the fuck? Sock you right in the box. I'm like, how the fuck does she get away with this? Number one, and number two, as a Deanna Prazo fan, she is a, one of the best in the ring as a woman, as a man. I don't give a rat's ass who it is. And Bo Geesman would be bouncing off the walls right now if he was oh, here. We were talking, talking about, about Tony Storm, Storm talking about boxes. Oh Jesus Christ! I mean, this this would be. I see you, Bo. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you. Ne- we'll see you next week. <laughs> but the Devil one, th- you. yeah, no shit. The one thing that. Deanna can't do is talk right then after the post match and they started to talk I started to shake my head I was like oh Jesus Christ this is not going to end well and it didn't and that's the one thing I worry about with 
people that don't know who Deanna Perrazzo is, can she translate what she does in ring into a character that people can invest in? Everybody loves Tony Storm. I mean, there's very few people that I, I'll go that far. There's very few people I, I know that don't like the Tony Storm gimmick right now. And that, that, that is what it is. If it's 10 people, the 8 of the 10 like Tony Storm. 2 don't. That's fine. As soon as they got to the point where it was talking, it felt like Swerve Hangman Page the first time around. I was like, oh, God, this is going to get ugly. And it got ugly. So I don't know what you do from that point. But, you know, the match itself will be good. It's just Tony Storm is going to eat this girl up. They keep having her talk. Yeah. Uh, top Flight uh, versus Private Party, which is, um, interesting matchup because of the comparisons that you could draw between the teams. Um, but, uh, not, didn't start out. What are those comparisons? <laughs> oh, it's just like, just like, I mean, young up and coming tag teams, like whenever AEW like first started. This, this um, nigga stumble. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, the for real, portion. like, they're both tag teams that, like, the Young Bucks had matches with. And after the match, they thought that they were, like, the fucking tag team of the future because the Young Bucks made them look so goddamn good. And it turned out they were pretty okay, but they were still pretty green. Uh, but it's been a few years, uh, you know, but there's been some injuries on both sides. Uh, so there's a lot lot of comparability besides skin color, you surface area. <laughs> <laughs> well played, my they brother. They remind me well of played. Harlem Heat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, these brothers. Um, <laughs> God uh, damn. But, uh, but yeah, it started out, and uh, they weren't doing a lot of like the high flying stuff that you would expect uh, from them. It was like a lot of mat work and stuff. But uh, ended up like Mark Quinn uh, also seemed like you know he's coming back from injury. Um, he didn't seem as spry maybe as he had been in the past, or maybe he's just being a little bit more careful. But he did do some like over the top rope. Shit, uh, he went like back and forth, like jumping over the top rope onto both um, top flight members. But uh, basically, rolled him up, and um, I really liked the way they played it. Uh, There's a roll up, and it looked like he lost his balance. Mark Quinn lost his balance, and so he grabbed the rope. But it also could be read that he grabbed the rope like for leverage. Uh, it was really well executed. Um, yeah, well executed and a good idea. The... Yep. Jason, what do you think? No, I. I did... The match itself was pretty good, uh, but the ending is, you know, what we're all talking about, and it's, you know, did he or didn't he? Um, it's a good, you know, way to keep both teams kind of connected to each other going forward. Um, we'll see what happens. Top Flight is a uh, is a heel team. I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing it, but I agree with everything with uh, Zach said, uh, trying to get out of the uh, – what is the, uh, the the similarities between the two teams? They're both teams that the Bucks ultimately put over, but injuries have kind of derailed their uh, ascend to the top of the uh, the tag team division. So, you know, in that scenario, it's cool to see them against each other. I'm sure they're going to run it back at some point. We'll see what happens. And then, then we had the main event, uh, Samoa Joe versus Hook. This was a, a very uh, controversial main event, uh, but uh, really, for those that were focused on Hook, um, really the story of this main event was Samoa Joe absolutely destroying a top-tier babyface. That was what this was about. It wasn't about, like, vaulting Hook to the main event level. It was about a, a, a guy that the fans are really behind getting an opportunity 
for the biggest heel in the company and you're, you're, you know, your your number one guy to just fucking brutally destroy on live television. And man, he did that. Um, there's a couple of hope spots, you know, he kicked out at one out of a muscle buster. Uh, but this is basically a really long squash and it's exactly what hook needed. Hook needs to learn to sell. I'm not saying that he's bad at it, but like his matches are often short matches that are squashes. Um, so a lot of those wins are not competitive matches. Um, and then, he just needs, you know, time on TV, you know, getting beat up, selling, uh, time in the spotlight. He got all of that. He ended up coming out better than he was before he went in. Both guys did. It was like, I thought this was brilliant, um, very well executed. And then uh, at the end, it set up, um, like I said, that triple threat. Uh, Paige came out and, uh, you know, gave gave Hook uh, a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a little bit of a rub by, you know, calling him back into the ring. Um but uh, yeah. Anyway, what do you guys think? Uh, this was really well executed. Uh, reminded me of one of those uh, good old uh, like 2013, 2014 Brock Lesnar matches when Brock Lesnar would have like six minute matches that were just super hard hitting from the very beginning, and he would just dominate somebody uh, for uh, for an entire match, basically. And like Zach said, uh, both guys came out looking really good. Joe looks ruthless and unstoppable. And Hook looks like he's got heart. So this was really well executed, like I said. Also, uh, the angle after with Hangman showing up and Swerve showing up and them just kind of looking at each other. Swerve saying, too, like I beat you twice. And then Hook kind of refusing Hangman at the end, being like, no, I appreciate it, but I got this. I can walk up by myself. Really good stuff. Very fun to watch. Very fun to watch, and the crowd was into it. I loved it. Um, the two real big spots from Joe where I was just like, well, just, I mean, the, the the biggest thing is just looking at the two guys. I'm just like, oof. You know, Joe is just clearly a, a heavyweight champion. Hook, you know, obviously has to put some, you know, muscle mass on, you know, look a little bigger. So, to me, that was the, the first obvious uh, difference between the two. Just the, the match itself, there was the two spots where I think Joe hit him with a, a clothesline or an elbow, and it was super stiff. It was pretty early in the match. I was just like, oh, God damn, you know. It's going to be like that. Yeah, so I was like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. The second one was, I think it was the Uranagi on the uh, the table, whatever. I was just like, okay, see, that's, that's baptism by fire. Joe felt like he was making a point to – Really lay some heavy, heavy hands, heavy blows on. I really enjoyed Taz selling it like he couldn't watch. Also, you know, I I get, you know, I got to put the headphones down or whatever. So, you know, that was a nice little sprinkle into the match itself. Taz is is good. Dare I say, great on commentary, on underrated as commentary, but neither here nor there. Um, Post match, I thought there was just enough of a tease where, even though there's not a match to be announced yet. You still can kind of see where we're going. It's just how do we get there for this, you know, eventual triple threat that I think we're going to have. It's an interesting first story coming out of Joe's win yeah. is Joe and Hangman and, and uh, couldn't Swerve. beat him with the muscle muscle buster. So he, had, you know, I had to go ahead and choke your ass out. You know, you you made me choke you out. Basically, is what it boiled down to, and that's fine. Like you said, it gave Hook, you know, a little more heart. A lot of his matches are squashes on the other end. So him getting quote unquote squashed here, um, I don't think it was necessarily the squash, but it was a good, it, it was time for Hook to take an L. He just lost to the world heavyweight champion. There's no shame in that. Okay, uh, anything else about AEW that we're forgetting? 
I think somebody grabbed Tony Khan's phone and didn't let him tweet this week. Let's get to that three count. God damn, you ain't shit. So the three count is going to be the rebranding of TNA, TNA's first pay-per-view. Um, as rebranded as TNA, they were Impact Wrestling, and before that, they were TNA. And you know what their weekly show is going to be called now? TNA Impact? Impact, yeah, that's right. Okay, so <laughs> like, yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, I saw the hashtag. That's all they like, got? Damn. Fucking just, just, just like, do TNA Wrestling. Just be done with it. Well, speaking of, you know, speaking of things to call it, they called it hard to kill, and uh, Zach made a joke on our text messages about <laughs> the Steven Seagal movie, but I actually had this thought while I was watching the other night, is that I thought about the Steven Seagal movie, too, and then I started thinking about all the Steven Seagal movies and how a lot of them would be good name for wrestling pay-per-views. Marked for death. Marked for death, hard to kill, out for justice, ah. on deadly ground. Nice. Under siege? He's, he, that's what I say. I'm that's surprised pretty that, good. I'm surprised that hasn't already been done before Steven Seagal right, got so his So tonight we got our TNA under siege recap. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that flows off the tongue. Hey, that's a free one for you. You're welcome. TNA. Anyway, they had hard to kill. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, so, at the risk of disappointing all the six sided ring heads out there, uh, that's what they're called, the TNA heads. Is that what they call Six sided ring heads. All right. Um, I'm just going to, we'll talk about some of the matches individually, but I think we need to talk about the big idea, which the big idea is people were talking about this pay per view this weekend. Um, people were into it. The big thing that happened at the end was. Alex Shelley go or Alex Shelley loses to Moose. Moose is your new TNA heavyweight champion, and then Nick Nemeth makes his appearance and he super kicks Moose. So Dolph Ziggler or FKA Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth is in TNA Impact or in TNA now and and New Japan. So what did you think about the pay per view first and foremost, and what you think about the ending, uh, Jason? Um. The ending, I'll, I'll start with the ending first. Um, a little surprised that Alex Shelley lost to Moose, but apparently Moose dropped 25 pounds to get in shape for this rebranding. So that should have probably been the cue right there that uh, he might have won the title. Um, I thought the match was really good. Nice back and forth. Big man, little man match. Um, Nick Nemeth as the surprise uh, I guess uh, surprise interest, surprise uh whatever you want to call it in the lack of a better term. Uh, didn't think of him as somebody that would be the surprise signing. I guess that's the word I'm looking for, for a TNA. I don't think he's in a new Japan guy per se. I just, I think this is someone that they're, that Nick is using new Japan. New Japan is using Nick to both get themselves over. Um, just long-term for TNA and Nick Nemeth, I think this was a, a perfect landing spot. I think Mustafa Ali should be considering this spot as well. Um, it's a place where both guys, we'll just stick with Nick Nemeth for this one, uh, can flourish their creative styles, however you want to do it. This, You know, whatever you wanted to do in WWE that was shut down, you could probably be able to do it in TNA because they, you know, they made the, their way to go get him. You know, it was not like if they fell into the lap, I'm sure they wooed Nick Nemeth over to TNA. So he'll have some, you know, leeway for his character, whatever that character may be. Um, going after Moose right away, that's a pretty good start. So, I mean, for me, 
the match itself, like I said, good, but the the, the surprise uh, signing for TNA, I think, is a, is a nice, it will be a nice little marriage because I think Nick Nemeth is great in ring. You'll get to see more of his character outside of the ring. I think this will be a nice little uh, marriage, so to speak. Zach, what do you think about yeah. Nick Nemeth showing up in TNA? Uh, I only watched half of Hard to Kill, but, uh, you know, maybe there was, like, some uh, exit wounds with uh, Dick Nemeth in WWE. Seems like now maybe he's in TNA, like, out for justice. Maybe thinking he's, like, above the law or something. I don't know. Seems like seems like Moose is on deadly ground and marks for death. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Nick yes. Nemeth Nick Nemeth is out for a kill. Yeah, right. Put the Wikipedia down, down below. man. I was about to say, y'all motherfuckers, no. put the Wikipedia down. I know you don't know all these goddamn Steven I'll tell you movies. What, Moose won, and the next day was a black dawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, Nick Nemeth is the foreigner, you know, coming in. Um, <laughs> pretty good. Oh, kill switch. Uh, what the oh, fuck? Yeah. Kill Switch? Seriously? It's a movie, movie called Kill Switch. Unfucking. Jungle Thoris TNA confirmed. Force of Execution. Unfucking believable. <laughs> More than <laughs> as hell. These are all good. Code of, good. Code of Honor. <laughs> that actually is one. Somewhere, Tony Khan's like, God damn it, he made a movie called what? Uh, I, I think uh, I think it's a good move. I mean, it's good for it's good for TNA, um, and I imagine he probably. It, they, I'm sure he got a good welcome. Like they, the crowd probably really really popped whenever he showed up. Um, it was a hot crowd. He, it was a good crowd. Yeah, I mean, whether it's like a signing or it's just like doing some dates, kind of like with New Japan, uh, whatever it is, like uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm psyched about it. You know, I'm not psyched that I have to start watching more wrestling every week but i do want to see what happens with dolph ziggler because i'm a dolph ziggler mark i am yeah there is just way too much wrestling you know maybe i can skip collision though no rampage is the the one uh motherfucker i skip rampage yeah (laughs) i'm talking about about the next one getting knocked off (laughs) this week i had to watch tar hard to kill um, but you know, we had some crazy good matches though. We had Vikingo Kushida and Chris Sabin, uh, which was a super fun match. Did you get to see this one? Did you make it to this match, Zach? <coughs> that was the last one I saw and it was awesome. Yeah, it fucking ruled. It was exactly what you wanted it to be. Uh, what you think of this, Jason? No, it's, it's, it's a nice little, I guess for lack of a term party match. Uh, I keep forgetting that Kushida signed with, uh, with TNA when when they uh, the commentary said that I was like oh yeah I mean team right as it's kept TNA has got a nice little roster with names that you you've heard before some guys you haven't and uh, guys like uh, Nick Nemeth coming in to kind of you know boost the uh, the top of the card so it's gonna be interesting to see how this works. What do uh, you think of Jordan Grace going over Trinity? Um, not not a huge surprise. Um, I don't know if this signals her going back to her being Naomi slash Trinity that signals her going back to WWE, but Jordan Grace was built up to where now it almost kind of felt like this was going to happen. It almost feels like Trinity's reign was a little cut short, but they did, you know, put her over with Deanna Perazzo with her going on the way out the door. I don't know. I don't have a problem with it, but I'll be curious to see what happens to Trinity going forward. I guess that was the bigger point. You know what match I loved 
was Josh Alexander defeating Alex Hammerstone. I'll be honest, I know that Josh Alexander rules. Uh, every time I watch a match with him, though, I'm surprised all over again. This match was really fun, and I, I guess I don't know much about Alex Hammerstone. I know that he was MLW champion for a while, right? Yeah. But is he... What is... How do people think of him uh, work rate-wise? Uh, as far as I was starting to do it. Go, no, go, go, Zach. I was going to say, I've, I've talked about plenty tonight. Go right ahead. <laughs> no, no. I, I I think he, I mean, I think he's a pretty good worker. He's got a good look and good size, but I, I think uh, he's not carrying anybody to a good match. Does that make yeah. sense? Yep, that does make sense. That match was fucking awesome, mm-hmm. though. No, uh, super hot crowd, mega fun match. It's one of those matches where you didn't, you never thought you would see it, and now it's it actually just kind of fell in your lap because Hammerstone's out of uh, MLW. I'll be curious to see where he lands, uh, wherever it, it possibly will be. Uh, I like Hammerstone. I've always liked him. Uh, he's helped MLW get to this point. Um, if you didn't wa- didn't watch MLW, uh, he. Um, was that Richard Holiday and MJF were a faction at one point? I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but you know, there's there's opportunity for him being heel, face, whatever he wants to do. So, no, the, this match was good. It, like I said, it's, it's kind of fell in the long lap. And it, you know who I like, Dirty I, Dango. <laughs> I was I was thinking of you whenever I saw it. When I saw it. Every that, time I see that fun. motherfucker, I think, God damn, he pinned Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. That's fucking crazy. Should have squashed him. I don't I, know about if, that. If I'm going to go to a TNA uh, live event, and I'm going to hold a sign that says, Push Dango. <laughs> He's one of my guys. Dango, is his heel gimmick in TNA is easy to hate. I'll tell you what. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. His his heel gimmick in TNA is easy to hate. Very. Yes. He's really good at it. No, quit, without question. Go ahead, 3 I'm sorry. Oh, no. I, I I didn't even know he was in Impact, but it was it was a pleasant surprise. There were a lot of people that I did not know were on Impact. Like, I'm watching this because I only watch the pay-per-views, and I don't watch all of them. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, Santino Morello? Like, I never even watched WWE. When I did not it. know Santino Morello was in TNA either. Well, he was, he's been, actually, he's been in there for a while. He's obviously the uh, the authority figure or whatever. And it's just, it's Santino. Just imagine Santino Morello being the GM of WWE. And you can see how just over the top it would it is. And he comes out, and I'm not even a huge Santino Morello fan. He comes out and just just butchers motherfuckers' names, all this shit. But he, you know, he ultimately plays the role of the authority figure so well that I don't mind seeing him come out and just you know butcher this shit up, act a fool, and then walk off. So I mean, in that scenario, it he fits the TNA Impact model really well. Um, this PCO motherfucker. I was entranced by him. Uh, I went on a deep dive on his, his Wikipedia. That motherfucker's been around forever. Oh, uh, yeah. Jacques Rougeau. Jacques Rougeau. Uh, I did not notice. I did not know that that was Jacques Rougeau. Uh, my eyes about bulged on my head. I was like, right. who is this dude? <laughs> dude, he had a run in ROH a few years ago that was insane. Mm. He still does a lot of that stuff, but like. He was going so hard in ROH a few years ago. Like, 
I mean, doing like Darby Allen shit. Right. He's like a fifty-five-year-old dude. dude with it, like every time he does the moon salt onto. Well, I shouldn't say the moon salt. It's more of a senton coming off the top onto somebody, and that somebody moves and he hits the the side of the ring. I cringe every. I'm getting, I'm getting some PCO gear. That motherfucker is way better than me. I I would can't even imagine doing no shit like that. Born in '67. Him and uh, Steve Macklin had a, I think it was a no DQ match last year. I mean, Steve Macklin dumped buckets. I remember what I was talking about. I can't think of the name of the pay-per-view or whatever, but that right there should have just been the indicator of you know, how crazy this motherfucker is. Yeah, PCO's was it, was on was it Under Siege 2? No, it was not Under Siege 2. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, so, uh, easy question, hard answer. Is TNA back? Um, I never thought they were gone, to be perfectly honest. And this is, I watch the show weekly. So, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, actually watches the product. So, you do two podcasts about wrestling, but neither one of them talks about TNA. No. And you watch it anyway? Yeah. I'm a mark. That is. Uh, I need help. It's tremendous. <laughs> I need a woman. Um, no, I was, honestly, I, if it wasn't for AEW, TNA would be where AEW is. But it would just be a further gap between WWE and TNA. AEW's in that middle spot. I'll let you decide Two how big the Zach, gap is. Is TNA back? Um, I, like, was never a guy that ever watched TNA ever. So I left wrestling whenever it started kind of like, I was like, right when it started, it was like kind of, um, going, but I, uh, I was like tuned out basically. And then, so like the only shit that I've ever watched is like stuff that was on Pluto TV or, um, any of the new stuff since we've been doing the podcast, uh, so I missed all the Kurt Angles, Mojo, AJ Styles. So I don't even know. Basically, what I'm saying Kurt Angle's best run. Yeah, Kurt Angle had that run too against uh, Jeff Jarrett about their real life shared wife, and that thing lasted forever. Mm-hmm. That was a long. Jeff Jarrett, the current Texas Chainsaw Massacre champion. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Stop, in dude. a long lineage. Holy shit! Uh, I totally about Roman about Reigns. That. that belt hasn't even been mentioned. It's been what half a year. That's a really good point. Really good point. That's going to do it for our three counts. I totally forgot about that. Okay, so we made through the three count. Didn't talk any WWE, but uh, we will hear. So let's lead off with Seth Rollins versus Jinder Mahal in the main event on Monday Night Raw. Jason, what did you think about this match? Um, difference uh, just looking between the two where you see Jinder and Seth versus Hook and uh, Joe. You could at least say that's you know as much as you hate gender. Gender looks like he should be in the same ring. Uh, the fuckery wasn't unexpected because obviously in the sheer coming down the ring, you just kind of waited to see what was going to happen. Um, Drew cutting off Priest kind of is what it is. Sets up their match for next week. This was a, this was a pretty good main event. I mean, it doesn't it wasn't that it wasn't like I wasn't expecting Seth to win. It's just how we got there. A little overbooked, but neither here nor there. The right guy went over. I was entertained. That's all you can really ask for, for at that point, especially considering the two people in the ring. 
uh, they had to do all the Drew and Damien stuff because, um, I mean, even Seth can't carry gender to a good match. Um, Damn. He, he, fucking hurt his, he fucking hurt his knee trying. Ooh. Yeah, Jeez, I mean, he's kind of dead. Uh, the only thing coming out of this match that I can think is it went down exactly how I expected, except uh, we always talk about them cashing in the briefcase too soon. Well, we're here. They've waited too long. Yeah, time to cash that motherfucker in. Yeah, I was going to say this, this. I said it last week. I thought this was the spot to do it, and they didn't. Um, I mean, I'm, I agree with you guys. Now it's getting to the point where. I'm kind of like, okay, when the, when the fuck are we going to do this shit? Because now we're, we're literally like five months away from having to do this all over again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, so I'm just trying to go through here. looks like we're Becky Lynch comes out and she interrupts Ripley's promo. Uh, Ripley versus Becky Lynch. That could be a WrestleMania match for me. I'd be cool with that. What do you think, Zach? Uh, it seems like the biggest match that you could make for the women's division in the company, really. Not Bianca? Uh, I mean, just for big, um, Becky's just a bigger star. Uh, I mean, Bianca's fantastic, and she is a star, but Becky's Becky. Um, so, if you want to put... Why, just why you devil's advocate. No, no, I'm with you. I, I, I think both are phenomenal choices. Uh, both are going to put on a big match, but um, if I'm thinking, like, I'm a wrestling promoter, and I'm like, all right, I got my biggest women's star now, and like I want to put, I want to make the biggest match that I can. It would be Becky. Do you think Char- if Charlotte was healthy, was this going to be her spot? You think they would have ran it? Uh, I don't think so because they did it last year. I think right. if, I think they would still do Becky and her, and I think Charlotte would um, challenge for the other belt, okay. or Bianca would, and Charlotte just wouldn't even be on the show. She'd be in Mexico. Whatever. Ooh, uh, whatever. There's Horny Thursday. Reeking his heavy hands. Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, he's he was my favorite uh, wrestler on tonight's show because uh, he beat up Xavier Woods. What do you think about this, Jason? Dude, I, as soon as Xavier came out, I was like, somewhere Bill is is smiling because he should know how this is going to. Uh, I wasn't smiling this- when Xavier Woods was cutting that fucking promo. God, I'm sure you weren't. Um. There was a lot of just promos or vignettes in this case. There was a lot of Ludwig Kaiser vignettes, even though he and Giovanni Vinci were a tag team. It was you you randomly see these vignettes just, you know, pushing Ludwig Kaiser. So unfortunately Giovanni Vinci getting hurt Let as, Kaiser cook as to open the door for Ludwig Kaiser to have this little heel run that he's getting ready to get on. Uh Gunther hugging him. It would you know is the basically the the ultimate, you know, symbol of appreciation from you know the guy he looks up to so yeah i'm i'm expecting somewhat of a, a ludwig kaiser push ish of some sort going forward not winning the royal rumble but definitely you know beating up on a uh, new day going forward does ludwig kaiser have a singles match at wrestlemania no no i don't think so. no either. way yeah okay all right uh zach what you think uh about what sorry this, this segment yeah did i already ask you what you think no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any strong feelings about it. Um, I think it's time to get somebody uh, a rub and uh, get Gunther, get that title off of Gunther. Like, the only reason you break a record is then to, you know, transition that to somebody else. Right. And, like, just like we said, like, 
everybody in that company except Logan Paul has had their belts too long. Yes. Yes. Uh, the Raw started off with Cody and McIntyre out there with a pretty entertaining promo. That's two weeks in a row that McIntyre uh, uh, kicked off Raw with a very compelling uh, segment. What do you think about this, Jason? That's what I haven't said before about Drew McIntyre. I think this is just kind of reiterating you know, what's being said. I know Drew is kind of... A, always been underrated especially when it comes to holding the microphone and everything he's saying leading up to you know the royal rumble the loss to uh seth rollins hit this basic heel run in his mind makes sense and if you look it through it from drew mcintyre's eyes you can see why he's got a beef with what's going on around him what's the story what's what are they doing with drew mcintyre is Drew is there a is there a chance, Zach? Is there a percentage chance that Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble? I think so. I think, I mean, I still expect Punk to win it, but all that is like so telegraphed um, that they tend to surprise us with the Rumble winners. Uh, you know, it's not always the folks that you think it will be. So I think there is. Um, I'd say there is a solid twenty percent chance at least. Wow, that's higher than I would put it. But I, I would think put, he's like in the last five or six guys. Punk. Do you think Cody. he's got the fifth or sixth highest percentage to win it, or the third? Uh, like the Punk, Cody, Gunther, just off the top of my head, would be like the first three guys that I would say you know have the neck the highest chance. Then like the next I'll put tier McIntyre down. McIntyre ahead of Gunther. I, I wouldn't. I'd say the final four is 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 Punk, Cody, Gunther, and Drew. I can see I that. I put money on that. I can totally see that. Lesnar eliminates Gunther. We the last four are Cody Rollins. Or sorry, Cody Punk McIntyre Braun Breaker. X Pac. <laughs> he's not. He's hiding under the ring. <laughs> we forgot he was. You know, we forgot he was in there. He's good underneath the ring. You know, never been eliminated. That, Honestly, I think. I think if you want to make uh, make a star, um, you have Gunther just do like a, an open challenge, like on a Raw or SmackDown, and you have uh, Braun come up and beat him for that fucking title. I mean, that would be so bold and so cool. I would be so down. I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, I just ultimately, I think if you don't have uh, Braun and Carmella Hayes in this Royal Rumble, I don't know what the hell we're doing at this point. Wouldn't hate oh, one thing we haven't either. talked about, I know that your counter, your quarterbacking, but uh, I do love a lot of the new, like, visuals, WWE, like, the, the direction that they're going with, like, a lot of, like, the backstage stuff, like the Pete Dunn and mm. um, the, uh, what, Tyler Bate, um, Tyler Bate uh, like, in the coffee shop and stuff. And yeah. I think we're getting, we're, we're done with Butch and we're getting the bruiser weight back. Yeah, yes. Totally. Let's get some of that. Um, I'm trying to think of what happened on SmackDown. SmackDown was a lot of... Uh, uh, Paul Heyman had to find a uh, partner for the bloodline. Right, but he couldn't find one, right? So it was no. Orton, AJ, and LA Knight in a handicap match against Solo and Jimmy, right? Isn't that what happened? Uh, bloodline jumps Orton before the match, so it basically becomes a tag match until Orton comes back. Distraction finish. Babyfaces win. Um, 
Solo gets power bombed through the uh, the table to finish the show. Oh, Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory had a match that oh, had Jesus. to be stopped due to injury. Uh, really weird bump that was taken. Uh, what did you see, this Zach? Oh God, yeah, uh, it looked terrible, and I thought that it was because like they both landed on their head, like especially Austin Theory like landed on his head and neck. Um, but apparently, uh, like one dude's head, I think. Uh, um, smashed into Austin Theory's face. I think that's, or maybe his elbow or something. Anyway, they're they're both out. Like neither one of them could um, compete like yeah. the next week or whatever. Yep. So, uh, so uh, hope those guys are get well soon, boys. Uh, did you guys watch any NXT? They're hooking up JBL with Josh Briggs. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes sense to me. No problem with it. Uh, I like that he's trying to be like you know be yourself. Don't be you know the next JBL, which is always good sound advice. Uh, Trick Williams. Yeah, I fucking hope nobody is the next JBL. Stop. <laughs> uh, Dragonoff comes back and tells Trick Williams he can have his match at Vengeance Day. But if Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams make it to the finals in the Dusty Cup, they will be fighting that night also. Carmelo kind of gets mad at Trick Williams, and so that's how they're keeping that story going. They still haven't told us who attacked Trick Williams. Uh, we're still waiting for that. But, uh, Zach, did you see this? What do you think? I, I mean... I'm really into this uh, storyline. They've done a really good job with the uh, with the slow burn here and keeping it intriguing and not just being like, "Oh my god, enough already!" You know, um, it's been good weekly serial television. So, Jason? into it. No, this this is another time where the wants and needs of Carmelo are intersecting with the, the wants and needs of Trick. And neither one are really Trick is getting what he wants But Mel isn't getting what he wants So ultimately the frustration You can see it starting to build And ultimately I'm waiting for Carmelo To be like you, you know what Fuck you dude I'm gonna beat your ass And then go to the main roster Roxanne Perez wins the women's battle royal She'll be facing uh, Lyra Valkyrie At Vengeance Day for the belt Makes sense Roxanne Perez never lost the belt Uh Jason, thoughts? That's that's the rub right there. I mean, how how we play this is going to be real, real interesting because uh, I like Roxanne. Uh, love Valkyria. I think this will be a really good match. But like you said, Roxanne never lost the title. So I'll be curious to see how they play this. Uh, Zach? I think if Roxanne loses, she should go up. To the main, yeah. I was going to say, what else? What more can we do at this point? Especially with uh, Cora Jade being out for six to nine months with that ACL. And then did you guys see Frenemy of the Show, Dijak, uh, interrupt Eddie Thorpe and Trey Bearhill and said, sorry to interrupt your powwow? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, he's going to the flower moon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> God damn. I'm, I'm like, like you can get your ass beat for that shit alone. Guess he can get away with that. <laughs> Nobody know. said anything. Yeah, I know, except for me. I'm the only person that said anything. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, about Bear Hill and fucking Eddie Thorpe. He's, they should be yucking him on sight. They didn't like it. <laughs> this is bad That's for insight. Hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. Uh, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. 
70. Batista is 55. Batista is still out there doing the damn thing. You ever seen Blade Runner 2049? I haven't. I was. I still want to see it. Fucking great. It's see, fucking great. I, I, I was that saying. was my favorite movie of that year. I think it was like 2019. Ooh, that movie is badass. Yeah, I, um, see, I gotta see that shit. Mark Briscoe is 39. Pat Patterson uh, is 83. Diddlin Kids in Heaven somewhere, I'm sure. Our uh, uh, truth <laughs> is 52. <laughs> Should I cut that out? He's not a sitting senator, is he? No, he's uh, not. Our <laughs> truth is 52. Our truth having a bit of a run. Yeah. Uh, Tyler oh, Breeze man, so good. is so 36. Good. Uh, Carl Anderson is 44. Maurice Fuck is 41. And Did you say Tyler Bate was 36? No, Tyler Breeze oh, is okay. 36. Damn, that still seems young. He should be somewhere. Put him in the G1. Uh-oh. Do you think they'll put Jungle Boy in the, in the G1? Please. Somebody's got to take some else. Oh, that'd be all right. <laughs> hey, everybody. We know there's a ton of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for... Lucha Chris for Check. Murray the Murray Man Murray Check. for Patriot Pat Check. for Bo Vice Geesman. We'll see you next week. See you next week, my brother. For Tinder Mahal. Check. For Brett Jagger. Check. For Two Beers, Zach Ballman. Double for check. Jason Cornelius Bell. I am Bill Biggie. Black check. Lives Matter. Double check. Support your local weed Check. dealers. And never ever forget the Booba Heels. Boo!